Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Boys, we've got a laser-specific thing to talk about vis-a-vis pastors and travel and social media. Really fired up to talk about that. Then we shame, gotta, we don't have, shame we don't have anybody in the show who knows anything about those. Yeah, that's true. We, we don't have any experts on that whatsoever in the in the program. But uh, then we got some breaking news, boys, on the, the back half of the episode. Um, that's what we call a teaser in the business. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that and the pastor thing, which we'll get into right after this quick break. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, boys, we're back. Uh, did a little texting together last week as a program, as a company. Uh, Ronald dropped something very interesting into the group chat. Uh, it was a pet peeve of his. It has to do with pastors. It has to do with their behavior on social media when they're traveling um, and when things don't go well in their travel. So maybe mm. set us up on this. Kind of, kind of talk us through you know, what, what happened? What, what got you all kind of in a ladder? Yeah, no. So I think it's more, I'm just kind of surprised. So there's been a okay. trend over the last couple of years and I get this, there, there's a general trend on social. I'm mainly talking about Twitter where you are, you're, you're a little peeved. You're a little bothered by the treatment or the service that you've gotten from a particular, like, you know, company organization and you kind of get on Twitter and you kind of do mm-hmm. the, hey, hey, Wendy's, you know, I've been, I, you know, the last three times I've ordered that, you know, chocolate milkshake, you know, I, I've gotten back to my house and there's a vanilla milkshake in the bag, you know, and there's like, so there's just like, so it's a little bit of yeah. like this, I'm, I'm exaggerating with that one, but like that gives you an example of like, yeah. okay, like I get this, I, I get that maybe they're trying to be funny or maybe they're just trying to like alert you know, the parent company to see what kind of benefit they can get from saying that. So I feel like it started out with things like that. And then it made this weird turn into like United Airlines, where it seems like it seems like every <laughs> seems like every pastor, <laughs> conference speaker, ministry leader, like sort of in our ilk or our tribe, it seems mm. like at some point they have like the total age of outrage breakdown, meltdown. <laughs> Hey, I've been sitting, you know, my bags have been lost for four days. My flight has been canceled six times. I've been waiting in this terminal 
you know, for like 97 hours? What are you going to do about it? And it's just, it's this total breakdown meltdown thing. And I'm like, wait a minute. Like, and I'm always like, you know, and, and again, you know, to, 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 you know, to make some qualifiers, you're like, dude, I totally get that. I've been in the middle of that. Like we all have, it's the worst, but there's a part of me that just goes, wait a minute. Like, dude, you can't do that. Like, you're not, like, you're not allowed to like, mm. you're not allowed to get all outraged like that on social media. Like you're supposed to be the, the dude that's calm and patient. And if you do want to reach out to United, mm. that's cool. I get it. Maybe this is the way you get their attention, but it can't be just total freak out, flip out. Like you gotta, you gotta like, there needs to be some composure. And you got to play it cool and you got to be kind and you got to be nice and blah, blah, blah. And so what I've seen is just this total, like, I don't know, like it's okay because it's an airline to do the total flip and freak. And I'm just totally baffled by that. And I'm just on the outs. I don't get it. Interesting. Well, it, it, it presupposes a few things that aren't true. Um, It presupposes that like anyone in the Twitter audience cares who they are or where they're going. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's kind of this strange, like, Hey, at United, I wrote a book with Moody publishing seven years ago that sold 1200 copies. Like I deserve better than this. I paid a whole $93 for this ticket. How dare you make me sit on the tarmac for 30 minutes? You know, it's, it's a real kind of ego thing, you know, um, and it's, it's the, I think to your point, baby, it's the kind of ego thing that you, you are wise to keep hidden. You know what I mean? Because we all have those impulses and we all have those feelings, but it's like, don't say it, you know, you, you don't say it out loud and let the whole world know kind of what an a-hole you actually are inside. Uh, it's just, it's strange. Uh, pipe your thoughts. I think it's funny that he mentioned United Airlines because <clears throat> my experience is if you say anything negative about any airline, mm-hmm. uh, somebody will reply and go, yeah, that one's <laughs> the worst. So apparently they're all the worst. Um, they're, American they're is the worst. worst. All United the is the worst. Yeah. Southwest is the worst. Air travel. Yeah. Air travel, the worst. I I think the... Um, I, I think it's it's fascinating how this came about because I think some of it's ego. I think some of it is being trained by... Um, sort of the public review thing, you know, Yelp yes. or Google mm-hmm. reviews or TripAdvisor, wherever you leave your reviews, yeah. where a negative review will often benefit you, yeah. you know, because mm-hmm. because business owners, especially small business owners, I don't think airlines care at all, but yeah. small business owners will reach out to you if you left a negative review. What can we do to make your experience better? So sorry you went through this, blah, 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 blah. And so you can leverage that if you're so inclined. And so I think I think we've been trained to respond that way. What what gets me is when it's not just a direct like you know, a direct tweet to, you know, you know, United Airlines customer service or whatever saying, "Hey, our flight was canceled for no reason. Please advise how this can be rectified." Which is, you know, that's kind of a, a reasonable request. But instead, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's like live tweeting that's, their frustration. That's what I'm about. Yeah. Been on the tarmac for forty five minutes. Now it's an hour and a half. They're not even serving drinks. They won't let us get off the plane. And I'm like, now I'm miserable. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, why do I have to be miserable? Because you got stuck on. I, I'm definitely going to have my turn. I have right. had my turn many times. And but the flip side of this is, I know the temptation. When you're sitting yeah. there on an airplane and you're just sort of steaming literally and figuratively because they don't have the AC on, 
you feel powerless because you are. Yeah. And you you think the thumbs go to the phone. Yeah. And yeah. I have stopped myself on probably half a dozen occasions. And I think there's probably been times I haven't. I'm sure if I went back through my Twitter history, I could find some times I, I complained about brands or whatever. <laughs> and And so in that case, it feels more just like it feels more like a, an adult temper tantrum. It's like no one's paying attention to me. So I'm just going to sort of digitally kick and scream and see if somebody will, will give me attention and and pick me up and fix this thing. But it really it really does. And it looks about as dumb as a temper tantrum. When you're yeah, on the I outside think, looking um, in. No, that's good pipe. I think that's what gets me. And again, it's not to say that I've never did. So I, I, again, I feel like I got to qualify up the, up the nose about this. Like, I, it's not like I've never done this. It's not like I'm not frustrated. It's not like me and the airlines are just like super tight and we're buds and I love United. It's, um, it's just like, it's just this idea of like, it's a bad look. And if you're somebody, if you're somebody who's like, you know, even in the vicinity of what we do, we, the three of us all do, it's like, it's, it's a bad look. It's, um, it's, it's this la it's this inability to play it cool, to sort of exhibit, like, I don't even, even some moderate, like Christian conduct over this stuff. And I know, I know what, I know what category this is putting me in even saying it. So I'm real kind of nervous right now because I, because I do that. I, I am like, I get upset and I lose my patience, all that stuff. But I feel like, man, when you're doing it on a platform like that, where you got all these people like kind of like in real time getting to witness this and getting to experience this, <laughs> like you said it, I now I'm miserable, right? And um, so you've just, you've given, it's like you've given everybody else the occasion to like, like become upset or to grieve their, you know, air their grievances or, or, um, and then, and then this is what's crazy too. So here's the next level to it. This is what always surprises me is then you get the people that jump on and go, I know, right. You know, and then, and then they're just, then you brought them into, so like everybody's nightmaring together, right. It's like the nightmare party, you know? Well, yeah, I have two, I have two things on this that I want to hear you guys on. I, I realize Matthew 18 wasn't written, you know, uh, in the context of people's interactions with the airlines, right? <laughs> but there is something like kind of like I'm, I'm skipping all the steps and I'm jumping right to like, you know, hanging somebody out to dry. I'm, I'm, I'm going right to like kneecapping somebody. I'm not even going to speak with Delta, like personally, you know, I'm just going for it. So there, there's that, but like, okay. And, and this one's more conceptual. We're now, 20, 25 years into the conference circuit and pastoral travel. And we're probably 15 years into that being a public thing. Like you cannot take a trip without letting people know that it's happening, right? Like if, if you get on a plane and go somewhere and you don't tell your entire social media following, did it right. even happen? You know, so we have, we're, we got like 15 years of data on that and we got like 20, 25 years on, all right, we're doing a conference circuit. Everybody's going everywhere. Is it about to be over? <laughs> I mean, because pastors now for two decades have been suffering their words through just the, the burden of, of like airline travel. Are we about to be done? I mean, are, are, are pastors going to get together and you and just kind of say to one another, you know what? It's easier to like 
not fly all over to each other. I mean, in the countries. famous words of Karen Carpenter, uh, we've only just begun, is what I think, you know. Yeah. It, that, now, why do you say that? Because we, we've also got two and a half decades of data on, like, getting booked to speak somewhere is the best part of the whole process. You know, like, you get booked, you're kind of excited Oh, I get to go to Phoenix or wherever, but but then you do it, and it's it's kind of a lot of work and it's tiring, and and so you know all the things. I mean, uh, why do you say it's only just begun, baby? Like, is it going to slow down? Is it going to get get more like intense? Well, I don't know. I, well, I don't know. You know, gosh, I don't have stats, right? So all this is just these are just hot takes. But yeah, I yeah. think yeah. you know, I think the conference circuit has you know has has uh, cooled off a little bit, but I do think that. But people are writing more books than ever, and it's easier than ever right now because of social to if you like if you like a book that some somebody has written, it's easier than ever to reach out to them, get a hold of them, get them out to some event you're doing. So I think it seems like you just see a lot more of that, like churches doing like mini, you know, uh, seminars and like micro conferences. It seems like those things are just all over the place. And it's super easy to say, you know to get like a, a B, a C, a D list guy like one of us and just say, Hey, I like what you wrote there. Why don't you come out and speak on it for an hour? And what we're going to do an event on a Friday night at our church. And so I think that's just all over. Huh? I, is it going away? Is it going to slow down? Where are you at? Oh, I don't think, I don't think it's going to slow down. I think the shape just changes. I do think that the, that the, um, the glamor wears off and uh-huh. I think <clears throat> I think there's a lot more people doing a lot more kind of low key travel without the complaining mm. than we are aware of. You know, sort of the yeah. you only you only hear the squeaky wheels, not the ones that work the way they're supposed to. And so, you know, I think about I think about somebody. I mean, I can think of two or three pastor friends who are part of different networks or they're doing a lot of international ministry partnership. The only people they ever reach out to are like those who they are friends with and say, "Hey, I'm headed to." I don't know, Bucharest to, to meet with a group of pastors and encourage them. Would you pray for me? You know, and it's not like, or if there's a travel complaint, it's a text going, Hey, my flight's delayed. I don't know if I'm going to make it in time. (laughs) Would you, would you pray that a connection comes up, which is seems entirely appropriate to me. And so, but, but yeah, I don't think the travel thing is because the, the world is, the world is shrinking. I mean, no offense to Jared C. Wilson, and by no offense, I mean I'm bitterly jealous of this thing that he gets to do. Um, He goes to Australia like once or twice a year for ministry partnerships and has for like 10 years. And, you know, so he just has this network of ministry relationships, and he goes over there, and, and because international travel is easier and the world is smaller and the internet has made us aware of people who are doing good ministry in another part of the globe... And so I think travel increases. Hopefully that also means uh, people just get get used to the fact that travel <laughs> sucks. And mm-hmm. so they quit whining about it. Like when I go to the airport, I fully expect things to not go well. Yeah, it's not it's not like it's been promising this amazing experience. You know, yeah, like- I mean, it's. It's it's a little bit like a family holiday gathering in that when you know you get back home afterwards and people are like how was it and and if you can say uneventful yeah. that's a success that's you ceiling. did it guys yeah well yeah. done <laughs> uneventful and and got out of there on time yeah no you're right yeah and it, it's been a good couple of decades since the airline business has even 
remotely promised anything pleasant. Like you watch those ads from, I don't know, like the seventies or eighties for like a American airlines or whatever. And it looks like all glamorous and people are in suits. And uh, now it's like, most people are in pajamas, you know, and it's just it's, I mean, disgusting. You know, when I was, when I was in high thing. school and yeah, when <laughs> I was in high school and college, I took a couple, I took a couple trips uh, to visit friends or to go home for holidays on Greyhound or Megabus because yeah. that's what I could afford, you know? So it's, yeah. like, it's like a $29 ticket one way or whatever. Yeah. It, every airline is just mega bus in the skies now. I mean, it's, it smells like it. It people yeah. dress the same. It's, yeah. I mean, it, there is no more glamorous business travel. You are, you are just, you are just mega bussing in the air. Yeah. Well said boys. Let's take a break. Uh, then we're going to come back and break some news. We'll be right back. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, boys, we're back. Um, let's queue up the breaking news jingle uh, because we have a live show to announce. And it's not just any live show, boys. Um, this is the last live show that we will ever do. And it's the last show that we'll ever do because uh, we're closing the show down after a decade. Uh, so September, Soma Church in Indianapolis, uh, which has been my favorite venue to date. Uh, really like it there. Um, that's going to be the, the site of our last show and our last live show. And, and if you want to, if, if you've, if you've never gotten to a live show and it's a thing that you've wanted to do, uh, this is the one. So pipe, uh, give us some details on dates. Um, you're going to drop in a, a little ad read with ticket prices and the URL for the ticket website, uh, after we, um, get all that live so by the time the show drops they'll they'll have a website they can go to to get tickets so um when is this thing happening yeah so it'll be september 24th i believe that's a sunday evening so it is the it's the sunday evening uh just before the gospel coalition conference in indianapolis so we will be we basically come for us and stay for the after party which is all the stuff that they're doing 
It'll be at Soma Church in Indianapolis, uh, the Soma Church Midtown location. Again, all of this we'll all, we'll get all these details. There's gonna, I'm going to do a little a little detail drop in just a, in just a few minutes, um, and it'll start at 7 p.m. Go until 10 p.m. or until the party ends, um, or until they or until they kick us out. And we'll have a couple different ticket tier prices. So one will include uh, kind of a VIP special with T-shirt and, uh, you know, a unique show T-shirt that our good friend Josh Byers from Visual Theology is designing. And then the other just standard tickets. And, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be basically a big send off for us uh, as a, kind of a ride into the sunset show. So. In some way, it'll be formatted like we've done previous shows, and in other ways, I think we're gonna we're gonna do some some kind of special, unique stuff to 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 really put a cap on what has been a I I would say a pretty stellar almost ten year run of podcasting. All right, listeners, as promised a moment ago, here are the details on how to get your tickets for our last ever live show. Again, Sunday, September twenty fourth. 7 p.m., Soma Church Midtown, just outside Indianapolis, not far from the Gospel Coalition Conference. The website is thehappyrant.com, and you will hit the live show tab. It'll be obvious. It'll be prominent. You can't miss it. We have two ticket tiers. We have a $35 ticket tier, which includes your ticket. It includes some free swag and then obviously access to the giveaways by our sponsors and, uh, and any refreshments that we have there, which should be pretty good. We can't promise sheet cake this time around, but it might be there. We shall see. Then we have a $50 VIP tier. That is all of the same stuff. So ticket, swag, refreshments, giveaways, and then a custom t-shirt for this event designed and made by Josh Byers of Visual Theology. Josh does awesome work. He does all of our swag. He does our website. Also does not deal in cheap gear. So these are comfortable t-shirts. You will like this this shirt. So that's the $50 tier. You Again, you can find all of that at thehappyrant.com. Hit the live show. It's all there. We are really looking forward to this. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be different than our previous shows, probably more energetic, hopefully the biggest crowd yet. We can't wait to see you there. It will be fun. There will be laughter. I can't guarantee there won't be tears and it will be a great send off. See you in September. Yeah, that's unbelievable that it's been 10 years. Yeah. Hey, I- I have a question about the logistics of of things like this and this thing in particular. Do you think it's better to get them on the front end of Gospel Coalition? They're all excited. They've you know they've just been on their very glamorous plane flight, and you know they're kind of charged up. It's like the first day of camp. You know, better to get them then, or better to get them after their you know uh, third day of sitting through boring sermons that they could have listened to online and are the same as last year's boring sermons. Um, and then we get to be the funny sort of like closer, which, which do you think is better? I defer to Ronnie as the one who these days is probably around more conferences. Ronnie, what are your thoughts on the, the rhythm of a live event coinciding with conference? Yeah, it's a great question. I think, um, I think definitely front loading is, is the way to go. I mean, the, uh, the energy is there. Yeah. Um, the enthusiasm is there. Nobody's tired. Um, everybody's still really excited for the conference. Uh, I, I would just, I would hate to think what would happen if we tried to do this either post TGC or in the middle of it when everybody's <laughs> kind of making plans yeah. and all of a sudden we become like the plan that gets kind of pushed to the side. And, um, so yeah, I think, mm. I think we've done it right. So I, I think we're, uh, I think we're, I think we're still on point for this one. Um, kind of being 
how you get to kick off your conference experience. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it fits our brand as well in the sense that, so we, we were actually offered an opportunity to do sort of a, like, they do like sponsored late night events um, mm. and to do one of those, except that we need autonomy. You know, yeah. we, I'm not sure we could fit very well in the strictures of a gospel coalition, nor do we want to pay money to do this event. Oh, <laughs> to, it was to them. Dude, okay, so I was going to ask about the the parameters of the deal. So they were like, "Hey, Happy Rant, we'll let you pay us to do an event." That that was how it was going to well, work. The, the way they pitched it was, "Would your would your publisher like to pay for you to do an event?" Uh, oh. To which I, on behalf of Harvest House and Moody Publishers, mm-hmm. and who I don't even know who all we've published with, uh, the Good Book Company and B&H and so forth. I said, no, probably not. I don't, I, you know, yeah. if we could get, if we could get a fifth of the cost from each of them, maybe, but that seems like a lot of work. So we'll just do our own thing. Yeah, it's like when the waitress and Tommy boy is like, let me check. Yep, it's closed. <laughs> you know, there, 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 was, there was no way any of the, the publishers were going to offer that. So what kind of a venue would we have been in? I'm assuming like a uh, probably like a like a side room at uh, at a convention center. You know, they have those meeting yeah. rooms, you know, me- yeah. they, they they name them all sorts of cool things, you know, yeah. like, the, you know, the Palm Room D right. or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and or like a hotel conference room ballroom, you know, all of which yeah. have so much character in them. Oh, yeah. Just vibrant places. You know, yeah. I mean, you guys, you guys have done speaking before in like hotel meeting room ballrooms, right? Like, uh, yeah. Is there yeah. is there any place that just sucks the energy out of a gathering like a hotel meeting room? No, and yeah, it's weird. There's always like the a couple of like lonely water <laughs> bottles on a table and like a like a bag of chips and some granola bars and and I don't know. It just feels real sad. And I don't know what it is about like hotel ballroom, conference room kind of settings, but I, I think there's something psychologically about it where people kind of feel like they can filter in and yeah. out whenever they want, you know? So like you'll be talking and like four guys will walk in and they're kind of like mid conversation or somebody will leave. And it's just like, you, it, here's what it feels it's because like. because you're downstairs from their bedroom. So they're like, ah, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to go catch a nap. Yeah, I'm gonna go flop down on the well, bed. Well, especially for what this. like we're doing um, too. I mean, we like it. Just that would, that, just that whole setting for us would not work on any level. You know, if you're just giving a 40 minute talk, yeah. it's like sure, you know. But like right. we, we, I mean, we yeah. just depend on so much uh, energy interaction, and I just think that I think that would just destroy yeah. it. You know, it would. It's it's the like speaking equivalent of. Like, you know how you go to a coffee shop and, like, there's some, like, hipster girl, like, playing the guitar and singing, but, like, nobody's watching her, you know? Nobody, nobody's paying attention. Everybody's just talking, getting their coffee. That's, that's what it feels like to be in a, a speaker in a hotel conference except, room. So, except behind a lectern that says Embassy Suites, so all the photos of the event look like you're a mid-level marketing <laughs> manager. Exactly. Exactly. Which is maybe what we're the podcast equivalent of. At this point, you know? yeah. Um, so Soma Midtown is is it your guys' favorite venue as well, or am I alone in that? I'm trying to think. We've done we've done a handful of these. Um, I think it is because I, I it 
it has a uh, it's just the right size. So like it yeah. if if there are 50 people in the room, it doesn't yeah. feel undersized. I think the mm-hmm. last time we did it there was also in conjunction with the Gospel Coalition and I was I think it might have been our biggest one ever. I want to say we had yeah. over 100 people there. That one it felt, felt awesome. Yeah, yeah it, felt it felt awesome. Really good. It, it doesn't feel like when we're on stage that we're super far removed. So, you yeah. know, people ask questions, you can actually like look them in the eye and have a conversation and mm-hmm. and then you know, stepping down to mingle with people between episodes and stuff is is very accessible. Yeah. Um, my recollection is they had a kind of a, an awesome little tiny green room as well, like a mm-hmm. little side stage yeah. with uh, with a bunch of like old school uh, musical instruments and stuff in there. So yep. I think lot, you might be. I think there. I think you guys might be confusing it a little bit with Sojourn New Albany, which is what we did last time, which I thought was really great. Um, we had a great turnout for that. Remember, Josh was with us. Um, that was really good for me. I like Soma too. Um, but I really love Sojourn New Albany. I thought we did. I thought that was really fun last time, last year. Not, yeah, I remember that. That one was that one had like a better sort of lobby setup. I think the green room there was the one with the big weird paintings on the wall, right? At, yeah, at that New was Albany. that was the nursing mother's room. Yeah, yeah, comfy no, chairs thought, though. You yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> the, the nursing moms always get the best furniture. That's the way it is at our church too. Like everywhere in the church is like crummy church furniture. And then there's this one hidden room with like big leather couches and recliners and stuff. And I'm like, Oh, this is, this is real nice. So Dude, if we- you're going to be a reformed church, you better have a huge nursing mother's <laughs> like facility. You know what I mean? In, in fact, they should probably just swap it with the sanctuary, you know, like just do church in the little room. And 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 move the couches into like the the, the big hall, you know. Um, I think I think that'd probably be a more efficient use of the space. But uh, but yeah, yeah, no. Go ahead. I feel Mike. like I feel like we kind of we we kind of buried the lead a little bit with this one, which is I mean, you said it and I said it, but I feel like listeners who have been with us for a long time might be going, "Wait, did I hear that right? Mm-hmm. That this is in fact the the last live show we will do." Also, the last show we will do, you know, barring a, you know, barring a band comeback in a few years. But uh, this is, I mean, this is legitimately the the until next time sign off event yeah. of the Happy Rant. Yeah, and and so that's why we're that's why we're giving it so much airspace now. But also, I wouldn't want listeners to miss out on that fact because it's you know it feels significant to us. Maybe it doesn't to them. No, it's a good word, Pipe, and I'm I'm glad you brought it back up. Is there any sense of as you guys think about that, like, oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be weird. You know, it's gonna be weird to not do this. Or do you do you think it's the kind of thing that'll just kind of recede into the the you know background of your, your life rather quickly? Thoughts on that? I think it'll be weirder the following Wednesday morning when we don't record. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. The just because the the weekly rhythm Mm -hmm. is, you know, we we have had, I mean, even if we've been somewhat spasmodic with our scheduling, like we have been pretty (laughs) consistently weekly for a decade. And so that departure, the live events always feel they're kind of pinnacle and then come down because there's, you know, there's a lot goes into them, a lot of energy, a lot of fun, but like they're one off things. Yeah, but I, which is kind of nice because I do feel like that that's the appropriate way to to land this. You know, like if we just if we just recorded an episode from our respective homes in you yeah. know three different cities, yeah. it would feel super lame and anticlimactic. 
yeah, just click leave meeting at the end. You know, right. well, <laughs> that's that. Yeah. Big goals, yeah, huh? See you later. Baby, do you like, do you ever think about, I, I don't know. I've, I've never, I've never sort of been a fan of this show. I mean, I'm a fan of it in, in that I, <laughs> I'm a fan. Yeah, I know that, that sounded wrong. Like I'm a fan of it in that I do listen to it from time to time. And, and my wife loves listening and like most of our friends listen, but I've, I've never had that experience of, I'm trying to think as a fan, how I would feel if a podcast I really liked, like ceased to exist. And I, I, I don't think I've had that experience. Um, have you, have you had that baby where like a, a podcast that you listen to is like gone away? And if so, what were the kind of emotional ramifications? Yeah, I mean, I haven't because I just, I don't really listen to podcasts. I mean, I'm real spotty with that. I listen, I probably listen to like, a, a, honestly, mm-hmm. probably under, you know, 10 podcasts, random podcasts a year, you know, uh-huh. but it's nothing I follow. It's just like, my wife will be like, Hey, I heard this thing. I want you to check it out and I'll be like, all right, you know, I check it out. Yeah. So yeah. So there's been no like fandom with me in terms of podcasts. I mean, I guess it's the, the only equivalent is like when you're, when your favorite band breaks up, right. And they've made their last record, they played their last yeah. show and you just go, Oh man, I'm so bummed because I just, you know, I'm always anticipating what they're going to be doing next and whether they're going to come through town and I can see yeah. them. I think this feels a little bit different than that to me in some ways. Um, only mm-hmm. because, you know, like, gosh man like the archives are the archives are pretty uh pretty massive here people can people can go back they are. and if you're just if you're somebody that just dropped in a year ago i mean you you, you can go back pretty far and, and get a lot of i would say you could get a lot of product that has not progressed that much you know <clears throat> so if you're like no i like later period rant as opposed to early period rant, it's like yeah, yeah. you know I mean, it was probably a little, it was, it was, you know, it was probably a little more edgy in the beginning. It was probably a little more funny, a little snarkier. We've mellowed out with age a little bit over the yeah. last decade, but it's largely the same program. So, uh, you know, it's all yeah. there. Yeah. Um, it's all there for the, uh, yeah. the clicking, I think. Yeah. I guess I'm kind of just trying to like evaluate how much it'll mean to people, you know, or how much know. it even it's should It's a great question. People. You know, it's a great question. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. yeah. I've never. I do know so this. You just said something real quick, uh, T. I have never. Yeah, I yeah. literally have never clicked on an episode of The Happy Round. I've never listened to it. So. Now, that's remarkable. I Because I have. And I I, I actually, I enjoy it. Like, um, if we've had, like, a really stellar conversation, and I know that it was really good, and, you know, I'll listen to like my wife, I'll hear my wife enjoying it from like the kitchen or whatever. And, and I'll listen from time to yeah. time and, and re-enjoy yeah, yeah. the conversation. But, uh, it doesn't at all. No, it doesn't at all. I think it's, but, I think that's perfectly yeah, acceptable. Yeah. I, I, um, I hate the sound yeah, yeah. of my voice so much that if I listen to any, so <laughs> I've, I've only listened, I've only ever listened to one sermon I've ever preached. It was like in the top first five sermons ever mm. preached, like whatever, all these years ago. And I've never listened to another sermon since so, then. Did you say that the top five no, like, worst like sermons first, you've ever preached? Because usually those first, go hand yeah, in hand. First five it was one of the first five. And, um, yeah, and it was yeah, so yeah. depressing. And whenever I hear myself play back, I get so bummed out that I, at one point, you know, de- decades ago, I was like, yeah, I just never, never listened to anything played back that's spoken. So that's it. That's it for me. I'm out on All right. that. You know? So let, let's take the third ad break. And then I've, I've got a couple questions on on that uh we'll be right back 
What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, so two questions for you, baby. Um, one related to podcast listening in general and one related to your voice in specific. Um, so when you're by yourself and you're driving around, um, you're you're not listening to podcasts. Are you listening to music? Are you like a total silence guy? Or are you just like maniacally like calling people on your phone and filling the the dead air that way with like conversation? What's your what's your kind of driving by myself? Uh, yeah, it's either going to be um, music or silence. Yeah, music yeah. or silence. Okay, interesting. Um, do you have a particular type of driving music that you go to, or just whatever you're listening to in real life? Yeah, it, it doesn't have any rhyme or reason. It'll just, you know, yeah, it'll just be something I, I click on. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times, it'll just be. Um, mm -hmm. Most of the time, I'm driving with with big. So because I live in a small town, there's you know when we're it'll just be when we're kind of driving out and getting out of Dodge. So most of the time, yeah, we'll have yeah. something on in the background, and then we'll just be having a conversation. So it's mainly yeah. just talking. Yeah, sure, sure. So, regarding your your voice yeah. and listening to it, are we to infer then that you don't enjoy listening to your own music? Yeah, no, no, I, do, I don't listen to it. Yeah, I mean, I listen to it when I have to. So, like oh, when, when you're recording it, you have to listen to it so much back, and you know, you're you know, do you know, so yeah. Once you get it's sick done, it during it's the done. process, yeah, I don't probably. revisit it once yeah. it's done. But that's just me. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not that's not a statement. It's just me. You know. Do you think that's more or less common in the industry? Like, like would um, I'm, tr I'm trying to think of, uh, I don't know, a band, a band that, like, do you think Journey <laughs> listens to their own music? You know what I mean? Like, it's really listenable. The guy's got a great voice. It's ubiquitous. You know, like, if if you're Journey, you know, if you're Steve Perry, are you? Listening I mean, to I your don't own know music? how to. It's a weird question to answer because it, you've, you know, the the creation process is like. It, you hear it so much that when it's done, it's done. It's like, it's like, do you read your own books? And like, yeah. I, my, I like, I don't do that either because I'm, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm done. I'm over it. You know what I mean? I'm constantly looking towards See, the next thing. Yeah. I just, to me, it's always looking, I don't look to me. The, the creative process is you don't look back, you look forward. And so once something's done, it's like you put a cap on it and it's almost like it becomes a museum piece mm -hmm. for me. It's like under glass and you're, you, that's it. You're done. You're good. And um, yeah. do you yeah. do you feel like do you feel like we actually have a creative process on this show? Like, is that does that even apply? I mean, yeah, I think yeah, I do. No. I mean, I think I, I, that has to go wide, right? I think every, we do, I think we do have a process. I think it's probably a little more subliminal, but I think there's a process for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This this to me exists in a different category than making a record or writing a book. You know, and I I do read my own books. Like, I don't read them like it's sitting by my bedside and I'm like dog earing the pages at night and stuff. I don't read them in that way. But like, I, I will read them, you know, and, and primarily because like my book on the 1987 NFL player strike was the book that I always wished existed about that. And I, I got to write it because it was really interesting to me. So from time to time, I'll 
you know, flip it open and read a chapter or a couple sure. pages or whatever. Um, Pike, do you, do you like interact with your own books after they're done? Uh, no, I mean, only in the sense of the opportunities that come out of it. So, you know, you'll, you'll write a book and then they'll be like, Hey, can you read the audio book? And then I have to go yeah, back yeah. and reread the whole thing. And I don't enjoy, I enjoyed producing the audio book. It feels like a whole different, you know, it's a whole different product. Yeah. I don't enjoy reading my own writing from the perspective of, I always run across stuff that I go, man, I wish I had worded that differently. Mm-hmm. You know, usually not message stuff. I don't wish I had written a different concept, but yeah, you just, you go, oh, that was, that was poorly written. Where was I my didn't enjoy that part. Uh, yeah. yeah, right. Well, and just the reality of the reality of that, the written word and the spoken word are not the same, you know? So mm-hmm. when people are like, write like you speak, I'm like, then you'll write dumb. Don't do that. But yeah. also reading that out loud is awkward. So that it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird kind of interaction. And then, you know, people will say, you know, once you write a book, you'll, you'll get invited to come speak on things. So then I'll have to revisit the books to go, okay, what, what did I say and what can I pull out of this to kind of be an outline so that I don't have to, you know, recreate this whole thing. But I don't, I don't reread them for the sake of kind of definitely not enjoyment or, or kind of personal benefit. It's all sort of in a, you know, let's call it research or additional product creation kind of, but I mean like like music is even worse because Uh if you're going out like in your, you're playing that music like every, you know, you're going out on tour, whatever. Like, like you, like, so when you finish that record, that is not the last time you're going to hear your work. You're going to be playing those songs. You're going to, I mean, so it, right. There comes a point where you're like, oh man, oh man. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a good point. And it, that would almost be akin to like, if there was a really amazing Happy Rant episode and everybody agreed that it was amazing. And if we could somehow like take that on tour and perform the same episode every night, we would be so sick of, of, you know, talking about, uh, I don't know what pastor would be a pro wrestler or whatever. Like we'd, we'd never yeah, want to yeah. do it. Like, again. Hey, Harrison Ford, um, when was the last time you saw like empire strikes back? He'd probably look at you and go, what? You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It would, it would feel a lot like stand up comedy where, mm-hmm. You know, because what what we do on this show is, you know, you sort of riff and occasionally come we come up with something that's really funny or maybe insightful or something. Yeah. And if we, you know, we put together our best forty minutes set. Yeah. And then had to do it repeatedly. At some point, you go, "How this this is uh, I I, I marvel that a stand up comic can tell the same jokes over and over again and keep making them. Well, and funny. that's why they're and that's why they yeah. because at some For point sure. they kind of lose their life. Always like yeah, especially in that industry, they're those guys are constantly writing new material too. So there's, so they even like, they can't even tolerate mm-hmm. that. They can only tolerate that for so long, you know? Yeah. But like the big guys who yeah. tour a special, you know? So like, you know, Nate, Nate Bargatze comes out with a special and then he goes and packs out arenas all over the place. It's the same stuff over and over and over again. And, uh, and yeah, and he, he continues to tell the same stories. He continues to be funny. That, that would be like, if we, if it, you know, it, it would have some of that same feel to it. I think if we either did the same thing over and over again or re-listened to it or anything like that. And I mean, the the whole premise of this show for 10 years has based, I mean, well, maybe seven years kind of post El Trogi has been, we don't show prep. Mm-hmm. We, we have some ideas and we see where it goes and sometimes it's magic and sometimes it's Wednesday. And, yeah. uh, and, 
And so, yeah, it, 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 did, it does feel really different than anything else we've talked about, which is super uh, uh, prepared and curated. Prepared, paid for up front, right? When yeah. you do a book, <laughs> when you do a record, somebody's, somebody's like got some financial skin in the game, whereas this is all speculative, right? And, and I don't know. I think our level of show prep or lack thereof was kind of in keeping with the, the casualness yeah. of the yeah. medium, you know, like from year one to year three, like nobody even knew if this was going to work, you know, nobody knew if podcasts were going to be around in a decade or if anybody would care about ours or whatever. When, um, and to this day, we don't really have a measurement for what work is, you know, like, correct. because yeah. this is, this isn't our living. Yeah. This isn't uh this isn't a, a ministry outlet that we're measuring and going, you know, kind of what is the fruit of this? Yeah. And so, and so to say, does this work is kind of like, I don't mean, we can look at numbers and go, we've had a really good run. We're maintaining that level of success. We hear some good feedback, you know, Ted, you forwarded an email a week or two ago with a really kind mm -hmm. comment. I got a written letter from a widow in, mm -hmm. in the Northeast who said when her husband was alive and was, you know, in his final kind of months and years, they oh. would listen to this together oh. and it would make them laugh. Oh. And, and now that he's gone, she listens and she said, it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, it's, it's a thing that they, she can still kind of share those memories. And, and so and I hear stuff like that and I'm like, I'm, I'm literally sitting here in sweatpants and like bedhead doing yeah. this show. And somehow it, it encourages a, a woman in, in the Northeast United States and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know yeah. what to make of that. Yeah, I guess that's success, but that's not what we were aiming for. I don't know if we were aiming for anything other than fun. Right. That is a great yeah, story, awesome. by the way. Um, that's, yeah, and that's that's real. Like I, I it, was a, yeah. it was a handwritten letter that, that was mailed that's to amazing. me at the church because yeah. that's the address people can find. And uh, yeah, it blew me away. Dude, we should we should just put that put that lady's name on the free ticket list for uh, for Indie Live. Um, and I don't know where she is in the country, but but if she wants to pull up. Um, she can do so for free. That's a, that's a sweet story. Oh, absolutely. And probably a good note to end on. Um, I, I like, I like going out on that one for today and, and yeah, to your point pipe, like I I've, I've met people who like, who say things like my parents listened to this when I was a little kid and now I'm in college and I listen and <laughs> that, that's kind of cool. You know, oh, that is, and boy, um, are we old. I know it. Yeah, it makes me feel about a million years old, but uh, but it also makes me feel good. Um, so yeah, and to, and to your point about it working, I, I realized I said, you know, I was going to end on that note, but I thought of something else that w was kind of interesting. Like with with all forms of media, I feel like there's a honeymoon period, and then there's the period where you realize advertising on it really doesn't work, and I, th I think we're in that now. You know, like. There was like a three-year run where everybody was throwing money at podcasts. Like, oh, you have a podcast? I'll pay you $500 a month to talk about my new book or my whatever. And um, I don't know. I, I, I feel like we're out of the financial honeymoon period with podcasting, which means it's it's probably a, a pretty decent time for us to get out of it. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's. It, I was listening to an interview with a with – a, an author who has written for a bunch of websites and every major website has run into the same thing, you know, like sports websites mm. where you just, the pie is sliced too thin if you, mm. for, for it to be financially successful. There's too many options, but I will say, you know, I think back to the, the beginning of this show. So pre Ronnie, but then even during Ronnie's first few years here, 
uh, you know, because you, Ronnie, you came in what two years into so, the show, yeah. something like that, yeah, something like that, yeah. And uh, you know, so maybe the first five years of this show total, we didn't make any money, yeah. and and we didn't like it didn't really cross our minds for the first couple years that like maybe this could make money. So we definitely were doing it just because there was a niche that we wanted to fill mm-hmm. of let's be lighthearted or a kind of in this reformed Christian world. Yeah. And that's not a thing that existed and it still kind of isn't right. You know, we're, I think we still, <laughs> yeah. we still kind of hold down a niche that other people aren't doing. So yeah. in, in yeah. that sense, it's worked. No, I think it has worked. Yeah. And in the Pantheon of podcasts, it's made more money than most. And, and <laughs> you know, I mean, it's been, it's been up and down. It's been a journey, but, uh, but you know, it's it's. I think it's been successful. I think it's done well. Boys, this episode has been successful. Forty three minutes of pastoral travel, announcing our last show, and until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.